Have you ever painted with your penis? Not lately. Have you? <laughs> Only on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> I can see. I can see that's how you spend your weekends. Mm-hmm. A little red paint here and there. Red. Or yellow. Why is it red? Or yellow. At least it's not green. I feel like any color is disgusting. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Today we are doing Artifice by Eric Bickernix. Narrated by Eric Bickernix and 40 other talented voice actors and actresses. The publisher is Bixco Media. The audiobook release date was March 17th, 2017, and the duration was 5 hours and 49 minutes. The genre is documa and satire. Oh, gotta love that satire. This summary is taken from Audible. Would you like a couch with that painting? Obscurity is a way of life for Gavin Von Getch a painter who works at a frame shop in a small New England town. His life changes when billionaire Gary Eastman enters his shop and becomes the ultimate patron, a lifetime commission for all of his work in exchange for a crap load of money. Some of his artist buddies envy him and others think he's sold out. Curious as to where his paintings are being displayed, he makes a trip to the DLC headquarters, where a shocking discovery forces him to reevaluate his deal with Eastman and his identity as an artist. Why does an artist create? What alternatives are there to completely sell out? Is there no genius, only marketing? The book is a satirical and sometimes surreal look at the art world. So did you enjoy this book? At points, I did really enjoy this book, but then at other points, I kind of felt that it ran a little bit dry Mm -hmm. for me, but it was... An exciting adventure to go on, and it was an interesting one. Getting my BFA, I can totally relate to some of the things that happen in the book and some of the feelings that the author and our main character feel. Mm -hmm. And he definitely hit some important points that I often make when looking at modern art and abstract art and just the things that people say are art that might not be taken as art by other people. Hmm. I didn't think about this, about your profession and how you would find themes and different things to kind of relate to Mm -hmm. in the book. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I feel like it wasn't mentioned, but I feel like Gavin probably would hate Andy Warhol just as much as I do. And I appreciate that. Oh, there's a fighting word. I do not like Andy Warhol. And I don't care who knows it. <laughs> I hope Andy Warhol can hear me from his grave. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus, the bitsy. Well, I really enjoyed this experience. Mm-hmm. I can't say that this book was up my alley and I would have picked this book off the shelf and listened to it. However, it was it was a fun journey to take on this new author I never have heard of and I'm excited to see where he goes in the future. Yeah. And it was super interesting too because the book is recorded in a very different way. You have Eric Bickernix as the main narrator for Gavin, but then you have every other character in this book played by someone different. 
Hmm. There was no voice that played the same character. And that was really fascinating to listen to and hear. And sometimes there were some hiccups in there Mm -hmm. um, just with audio quality and acting ability. Mm -hmm. But I felt it was pretty successful. Yeah. I think that if this book was not produced the way it was produced, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah. I think that the 40 plus characters that were voiced really had an impact on the story and made me continue listening. Mm -hmm. At parts, I probably would have stopped if -hmm. it was another book before. But because there were so many narrators, I really felt invested and I was interested to see where it would take me. Yeah. It kind of felt like I was watching a a TV episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For some of the parts. So it was interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Or to kind of focus in on that TV episode idea, it felt like I was listening to a... Script reading. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like a table read. Yeah, a table read. Yeah. And it was so fascinating to kind of imagine everyone going through a circle and like reading their lines, which I think may have taken me out of the story a little bit because I was focusing on who's going to talk next. So I think I was seeing it more as a table read more than the overall story. Yeah. I To answer the question that we're probably going to answer later, did the audiobook kind of give us a big picture of it? For me, not really, because I was too focused on the individual voices mm-hmm. rather than kind of the setting and the tone of of where they're at, you know, because they were in New England. But it took me forever to kind of figure out that they were in New, New England because I wasn't focused on the setting. Mm. That makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about the tone of Eric, our main narrator, and then all of the other vocal artists that come in throughout the book mm-hmm. for me i thought that eric's gruff and rough tone was really important for him to have mm-hmm. i felt like it set him apart from all of the other characters just enough to where whenever he was speaking i knew it was gavin so mm-hmm. i knew that that was our character and who we were following then we also have linda who plays gavin's girlfriend mm-hmm. i loved her voice yeah she reminded me of a 90s sitcom mom, mm-hmm. and I cannot place which actress she sounds like. It reminded me of a mix of Aisha Tyler's voice and Patricia Richardson's from Home Improvement. Oh, I love that show. Yes. And I loved her as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I love Aisha Tyler in Archer. Yes. Because her voice is like so perfect in there. And mm-hmm. so I felt like Linda's voice in this reminded me of a great mashup of both of them, and I could have listened to the entire book narrated by whoever narrated her. I searched high and low for mm-hmm. who did her voice and I could not find it. Yeah. So I really feel like it might be a good service that instead of saying this is narrated by Eric Bickernicks and 40 other vocal artists mm-hmm. to actually list the names of it mm-hmm. because it does a, a disservice to yeah. the people who lent their voices. I was surprised by that because I thought he was going to list at least some of them. Mm-hmm. For instance, when we did our episode on Legacy, the musical audiobook, November Christine listed several performers. Mm-hmm. And that helped me kind of find out who was who mm-hmm. to look them up, to follow them on Facebook and stuff like that. So I think I agree with you. That does a disservice to the narrators giving their time yeah. in this story. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed it, except I really want to know who voiced... Linda Mm -hmm. and who also voiced 
some of the other characters. I really liked Jerry's voice who worked with Gavin in oh, the gallery. Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to know who he was. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find anything. I also really, my favorite character in the whole book is Brent's mother. Oh my God. If, I feel like every other chapter it was like, do you want some food? Yeah. Does Gavin want some food? Basically, I, I found, <laughs> so I found where they did like a casting call for some of the voices and one oh, okay. of them was Brent's mother and the picture used to describe her was Betty White. Oh my God. And I was like, this is perfect. See, I didn't see Betty White. That's that's interesting because I Mm-mm. I saw like Howard from the, yes. the Big Bang Theory's mother. But then we never like, see her. We never see her. So, but that voice, Howard, yeah. you want some food, you know? Um, but it was so good. I, I really liked Brent's mom. Yeah. But with Brent, though, these are these are where my notes come in is when Brent speaks, sometimes the recording didn't mesh well with when Gavin and Linda were in the same room speaking. Oh, yeah. Um, so one of the notes that I made also with Brent and the goon number two. OK. Was their audio quality was so poor. It did not match at all with mm-hmm. the high quality sound that Eric and all of the other narrators had because they did interesting things where if a character was in a different room or was written to be a different room they kind of had an echo to their voice yeah, or like a far away approach yeah of, so they they had mm-hmm. that in there but with these characters it just sounded like they had poor quality yeah no there was a scene where brent and linda and gavin were in the same room talking to each other and then brent enters the room and his recording is just like loud and it sounds like it's like a little bit staticky and it's like it's like kind of like a phone like a cell phone recording yes and i'm like what and then then his recording got better as the scene got went on it but it never got 100 percent. no and every single time he entered in it was still that same staticky and kind of nasty sounding quality yeah and the same with the goon number two the two goons that were kind of bullying Gavin at one point in the book, they're going back and forth. One has a crystal clear quality to it that matches everybody else in the book. And then number two is just staticky, mm-hmm. gross, low quality, yeah. just did not match at all. And mm-hmm. it made me stop paying attention to what the what they were saying Yeah. and instead listen to how poor the quality was. Yeah. The second goon pointed to my paintings against the wall. Those paintings are Mr. Eastman's property. What are you talking about? I said. I never intended to deliver them. We're here to fix that. But there were parts of it that were really excellent. One part, for instance, is chapter 20. There was a phone call. And the person that was on the phone sounded like they were on the phone. Yes. And I just thought to myself, now that is effects, Mm -hmm. you know? Ritvers, why did you allow noisy asshole musicians to practice in our space? Who is this? It's James. We can't even think in there. What are you talking about? You let rock musicians in there. They pay money. They get space. But they're not artists. Many empty rooms. I pay lease. James stopped pacing. That is kind of awesome to kind of include this phone aspect to it and i wonder how they recorded it yeah like did they record an actual phone call or did they go through a filter yeah it was just really interesting and really something that i enjoyed as well with how they had so much forward thinking with what they put the different voices through Mm -hmm. that was really cool and it mentions in the in the description that there's no extra music or sound effects or anything that's distracting and it's right there is nothing distracting 
No. It completely immerses you into the book and allows you to really keep pace with all of these characters as you go mm -hmm. through what they're experiencing. Definitely. And one thing I do want to add in terms of casting and the voices, in the very beginning, within the first probably like five to ten minutes, we meet Leslie, who is described as a 50-year-old woman. But when you got to Leslie's voice, she didn't sound... She sounded very immature sounding mm -hmm. and it didn't match to my, to me what a 50 year old woman would sound like. Yeah. And she came back probably like twice in the book, maybe three times. And each time I was like, that is not a 50 year old woman. So when you are casting this kind of book to perform on audio, we have to make sure we get the ages and the descriptions that are used to describe the characters, including ages. We have to make sure that we get those right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what did you think about the different voices that each actor was able to do? There weren't many portrayals of different voices. Mm -hmm. Each actor kind of used whatever assets they already had. But there still were some that gave nice inflections to the material and to the reading. Mm -hmm. What did you think of those? I think that some of them were very well done. But then there were parts where some people got a little lazy mm -hmm. with how they were speaking and how they were reading the lines. For instance, and I hate to call him out, but Eric, when he was reading a line in chapter five, he said the word restrain and he stuttered the word restrain. And I was like, I, I went back and I said, is that really how, was it supposed to be a stuttering sound? And I really think that he was either rushing through the work to read it or just messed up and just didn't catch that in editing. Mm. But then there were other characters who were flawless and they read their lines with inflection. They read their lines with intent and meaning. And so overall, I feel like the audiobook did a great job with that. But there were some parts that were just kind of that stuck out to me that that was not clear or that kind of caught my attention enough mm -hmm. to take me away from the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, we were talking about Brent earlier and I thought that the voice actor for Brent was really great. Because mm -hmm. he was so annoying and his character was supposed to be annoying. And yeah. He really captured that really, really well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, I could completely see Brent's character as this big lame-o guy just living at home with his mom. Trying to make it as an artist, but not really caring mm -hmm. what he does because everything is taken care of for him. Yeah. I liked his casting, but I didn't really like what audio equipment he was working with. Yeah. So it was kind of weird of me to enjoy the character, but also mm -hmm. not like the sound of him. Yeah. And also how he was written. Yeah. I think he was written as this character that could be used, but then was really important mm -hmm. to Gavin and his identity of finding himself as an artist. Mm-hmm. And where the, there was Brent, who was just painting things for fun. Mm -hmm. And in the process, Gavin lost that. Yeah. So I really like Brent as a character as a whole. Mm -hmm. He was a nice juxtaposition to Gavin. But then also he was kind of just the obnoxious art dweeb that thinks that whatever he does can be considered art. I mean, at the beginning, like, he lights the painting on fire. And that just... He's someone in the art world that I can't stand. Mm -hmm. And so I really found him annoying. Yeah. And I really didn't like him being com being a nice contrast to Gavin because I was like, Brent is just a tool. Mm -hmm. 
I gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So how did you see the transitions? Were were there transitions that were they clear? Did they help the story progress? Um, I think that the transitions at times took me out a little bit when it would suddenly break into chapter X, chapter Y and Z and everything like that. It just kind of took me out by announcing the chapter. After the chapter was listed, they did have the location that Mm -hmm. the person was in, which I thought was more effective. And I thought that could have been used to replace the chapter headings and instead just went for the location because I think that worked a lot better and it still separated the story into different parts Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that the chapter XYZ didn't really work in this case. Mm -hmm. I think it could have just been done away with and just replaced with the locations. What did you think of the pausing? I didn't find them too distracting. There were some short pauses, some long pauses, but I didn't think anything other than that. Mm -hmm. However, I did speed it up towards the end once I got used to the rhythm and the pattern of the voices and the storytelling, I was really nervous to speed it up because I didn't want to take away from the performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the first part, I was just like, I'm going to put it at the lowest speed and I'm just, it's only five hours, so I'm just going to kind of knock it out. But I found myself a little bored with it with the subject yes. material. Yeah, I felt the same exact way because when I was listening to it, I listened to it at the beginning to get a feel for everything. And once I felt that most of the important characters were introduced, I bumped it up to 1.3. Yeah. And I really felt like that speed put some oomph in the audiobook mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. Yeah. Gavin suddenly sounded a little bit more younger, younger. Mm-hmm. more livelier. Uh, and then I, at the end, I actually bumped it back down to 1.0. So I was like, I just want to try to remember what it sounded like. And it was kind of boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really sad. But 2.0 is way too fast. Oh, yeah. Found 2.0 is always too fast. Always too fast. the book is super slow. Exactly. So do you feel like the five hours and 49 minutes were too long? Or was it too short of a book? I really think that the book was effective in what it wanted to do. So I think that the five hours was a perfect length for it. Mm-hmm. It went by really quickly once you started it, once you got into it, yeah. and you got invested into the characters. It mm-hmm. went by really quick, and it was a little confusing at different points just trying to figure out what Gavin and Linda were trying to mastermind. But after the book was over and I started reflecting on it and explaining it to Sean, like what the book was about, mm-hmm. some of the things started to click for me. Like the thing in the grocery store where they're talking about, oh, we can take a picture for people of walmart and gavin was like but we're not in walmart and linda was like nobody has to know that yeah that kind of set in motion a big part of the book that i won't go into but that sort of started the wheels turning for gavin of how he can get a little bit out of the deal that he made with gary Mm -hmm. so it was an interesting thing but it wasn't something that i immediately thought of and it hit me like oh my god that's amazing yeah It was a slow burn and it hit me after the book was already Mm -hmm. over. Overall, I feel like the book was very smart, very well written, very well thought out. Except there is a part in the book where um, Gavin is talking about paintings and Linda goes over to a painting that's in the gallery. And Gavin makes a note that she's looking at a Robert Kincaid pastoral village scene. Mm -hmm. Except... 
Robert Kincaid is a fictional movie character from Bridges of Madison County and played by Clint Eastwood. Thomas Kincaid is the artist that makes pastoral village paintings. Oh my God. Is an expert with light. So. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like. Hold up a second. I see. I mean, I am not in the art profession, so I would not know that. Well, really, the only reason why I know about Thomas Kincaid is because my mom has a Thomas Kincaid painting, and my cousin is obsessed with Thomas Kincaid. Yeah, but I never put two and two together. That's not Thomas, not Robert. Yeah. So I looked it up because I was like, you know, maybe in the time that this was written, in the time that I have like grown up and stuff like that, maybe there has been an artist named Robert Kincaid. Maybe Thomas Kincaid had a son. But no, he's played by Clint Eastwood. Wow. And is not real. Wow. And not an artist. Mind blown. Yeah. So I was like, that's a little error. So that wasn't really, you were talking about the book being thought out. Mm -hmm. It is a really well-written book, but some of the things, and the Thomas Kincaid thing is the only thing that I picked up on. Everything else, probably correct, probably 100% fine. But just the well thought yeah. out thing, that one little point just kind of wow tweaks it in a different direction hmm. for me. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I was talking about in terms of for the character development. Yeah. It was very well thought out in terms of having this personal identity from Gavin kind of be figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gavin's evolution as a character yeah. was was really really well done and also the interactions this goes back to the actress that played linda and eric's interactions they had some extreme chemistry oh yeah i really loved linda and gavin together they They were were my favorite yeah i liked them a lot yeah so i definitely felt like the romantic and sarcastic love Mm -hmm. between them was phenomenal their celebrity name is lavin Ooh, I like Just that. made it up. Just made it up. Ooh, it's like lavender. Lavender. You can put in a bathtub. And, mm, <laughs> Ooh. Spa day. Yes. So how did you listen to this book? I listened to it via Audible because the author supplied us with this book, which we thank you for, Eric. Thank you so much. And then I listened to it just editing photos. Mm-hmm. I went through and had a wedding and I just blew through it. Because yeah. it was a quick book. It was five hours and 49 minutes. It was really easy to listen mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So I just went through it when I was working. Yeah. I actually wanted to take myself out of my normal audiobook listening. Ooh. I know, I know. And I decided to start listening to this book while painting. Wait, you... Yes. You paint? You own paintbrushes? Yes. I am a child therapist, so I have access to plenty of paints. And Play-Doh? And Play-Doh. Did you sculpt as well? No. Oh, that's the next art book. (laughs) But I had about three hours of downtime at work, not busy, last week. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put my headphones on, close the door. I'm going to paint me a picture. Don't know why, what I painted. Why did you close the door? What were want, you painting with? In my office. 
Not my penis. <laughs> okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> but I was, I wanted to be absorbed into the story. Mm, like the paint was absorbed into yes. the canvas. Yes. Or paper or whatever you were painting on. Paper. But I just drew a nice little sunset and that was all I could do because that's all I know how to paint. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's enough. But it was fun. It was it was enjoyable because I'm like painting and then listening to this audiobook at the same time. Right. And it was really fun. Yeah, I felt really inspired when Gavin was going through all of the different ways that he was making art for Gary Eastman. Mm-hmm. It really inspired me to want to go and get a canvas and paint yeah. some more. Or take a <laughs> on a piece of paper. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what Gavin does to yeah. Gary. And he wraps it up in some cellophane and he sticks it on a canvas. <laughs> so thanks for that image, Eric. Yeah. No <laughs> surprise that he got a visit from some goons. No. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah. I mean, if I shat on someone's money, basically that's what he was doing. I would want goons coming after me, too. It's only fair. Yeah. yeah. It's only fair. Only fair. <laughs> uh, so would you shelf or shove this audiobook? It's difficult because I liked the satire in it because I like anything that makes fun of art. Because okay. the art world is pretentious it's full of a bunch of douchebags and it's unnecessary. You can have fun with art and you can enjoy art and you mm -hmm. don't have to be stuck up your own butt or brown noser. So I really liked that aspect of it, but I can't say that I would listen to it again. So mm, I'll, I'll shelf it. I'll shelf it. You're, you're going to shelf it? I would shelf it because it was funny. Yeah. It made me laugh a couple times. And shake my head and nod in agreement with Gavin. Mm. So for that, I have to say that I would shelf it because I like anything that makes fun of art. And possibly recommend it to your other art friends. Yeah. So that would be a reason for you to shelf it. You wouldn't listen to it again, but, oh, I had this amazing audiobook I want you to listen to if you like art. Yeah, or if you just don't like the pretentiousness that is in the art field. Yeah, definitely. What about you? I unfortunately would shove this just because I have no interest whatsoever in art and I just don't think I would ever listen to this again. But I truly am impressed with the amount of poop poop that what? was put on a canvas, <laughs> the canvas, just the amount of work and effort that was put into creating this production. I think it was a phenomenal idea. I bet if I wrote a story about my profession, people would not like it either because it's get it would get boring sometimes for others. Yeah. So I I appreciated the audiobook for what it was. That's but a I, good point because the yeah. the mental health books that we have listened to, I can't say that I've enjoyed them too much just because I found them a little bit mm -hmm. too youthful. They, whiny. Yeah. Whiny, <laughs> young adulty. Yeah. But you've enjoyed them greatly because mm -hmm. you see the your clients in them. Yeah. So I think that's a good point. Mm -hmm. That concludes our episode on Artifice. Thank you again for giving us this audiobook for an honest review. Mr. Bickernix. You have a really fun name. You have a fun name to say. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like to get Artifice and another free book on Audible, go on our website at audioshelf.me 
and click on the Audible affiliate link at the bottom to get two free books. Dang. And it's an amazing opportunity. It really is. So do so. Do it. And if you want to stay up to date with all of our adventures, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at AudioshelfMe on Twitter. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Well, it's been a pleasure. It has. Hopefully you don't... I don't know. Let's go burn some paintings, shall we? Let's paint and then we'll burn our own because I think if we stole somebody else's paint art... Mm-hmm. Art paint, art paint, 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 paint art. art. <laughs> it might be defacing property. That's true. That's true. I could be arrested. Bye. Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Speak up. Okay. <laughs> Narrator is Eric Bickernix. <laughs> I don't know what it's Today we are doing Artifice by Eric Bickernix. Narrated by Eric Bickernix and 40... <laughs> I tried to get through it so quick. <laughs> My nose. This summary is taken from Amazon. No, it's taken from Audible. Oh, yeah, you do have Audible. (laughs) (laughs) The book is a satirical. Satirical. (laughs) I I looked at you and I said, I did not pronounce that right. (laughs) Don't know how to answer that. (laughs) It's a go on our website. Giving us too much to do is. Click on the iTunes and then right click on this. (laughs) (laughs) And then save the icon to your Facebook and then like it. Did you save as? Because I didn't hear save as. Crowling.